Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Now, I want to address something that I didn't realize was that bad in the last episode. So, as we all know, I've been record or I've been holding my microphone for four months now, but I was finally able to set up my microphone arm in a way that's practical and makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so last episode was pretty bad vis-a-vis um, me not t- me not being mindful of where the cord is and how much like. Stat, how staticky it got. Like, I, there was just times where, like, I was just like, I may as well have just been like whipping the microphone cord around like it was a lasso. Um, oh, but like wow. I said, yeah, it, it was rough. Um, but like I said, the mic arm is set up, and more importantly, Alex, um, the PC is built. I, we're recording on a freaking rocket ship right now, and um, this is a thing that Alex and I are very acutely aware of, is when you record in Audacity, it tells you how much space you have remaining. Yep. Um, I never really have, back on my old laptop, I never really had it higher than like 90, you know, based just because it was an older laptop, there was a bunch of junk yeah. on it. Oh, it was it's measured no- in hours, by the way. Yes. Audience. Yeah, it's measured in how many hours that you can record. And I never really got over 90. I think maybe my max was 120. I currently have 1,100 hours that I can record before I have to worry about disk space. That's wild. uh, It is so freeing. And also, I didn't realize my laptop has not been updating Audacity, and I have to imagine a calendar year. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm I oh I downloaded Audacity on my PC and I opened it up and I'm like, this is a different program. All those <laughs> screenshots that I thought were from old versions of Audacity, like when I would look up tutorials, I'd be like, this is an old version of Audacity. No, it was a new version of Audacity that I didn't have. I mean, listen, there's pros and cons uh, to not having our own producer and editor. Uh, That's this is one of those cons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to tell a story about me getting the PC and building the PC. So mm-hmm. we went to um, a micro center, which is like a warehouse store that has PC parts. What I did not know going into it was their employees are commission based. Oh, I just I- learned that. I.e. the worst kind of employees that a store can have. So I walk in and, you know, a guy's like, hey, what are you here for? And I'm like, oh, we're just picking up an online order. And he goes, oh, cool. What did you get? And me, an idiot, thought he was asking out of curiosity. And I said, oh, I don't know. Like, I didn't build the list. I didn't pick out the parts. I would have to, like, look it up. And he goes, okay. And I'm like, so... What do you mean by okay? And so he just waits there for me to pull up my email, which I placed that order a few days before I went there. It got buried in emails. It took me, and I know this is not going to sound like a lot of time, it felt like a full two minutes where I had to pull up the email. And a few times while I was pulling it up, I tried to blow him off again by kind of being like, ah, you know, it's somewhere in here. Ah, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll find it eventually. Trying to like really draw out the process, he mm-hmm. stuck through it. And oh, when I finally man. told him the parts that I had, he was like, "Okay, well, can I recommend some bundles to you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm already trapped. Sure, why not?" And um, so It'll he work. starts. 
No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> he was trying to sell me. He was trying to sell me bundles on parts that I like. I had already purchased. <laughs> like, oh. like so you I, had already bought it. You were literally just there to pick stuff up. Correct. So yeah. Like, so you're gonna tell me I have to return things now to yeah. buy them again and save thirty dollars? And so I walked away from that interaction. The friends that I went with all bullied me about it. They're like, "You idiot! You don't talk to the employees." And I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> um. But I did have to pick up, like, I had to get a new mouse and a new keyboard and some of the peripheral stuff that I didn't get in the online order. Mm -hmm. And as we were wandering the aisles, there was a guy that was like, hey, has somebody helped you? And we're like, nah, but we're all good. And he goes, okay, can I at least put my sticker on your stuff? And we're like, yes, I will let you put your sticker on my stuff if you just leave me alone. If you let me wander, you can put your sticker on as many of my items as you'd like. I mean, that guy just like, hey, man, can I get some free money? Well, I mean, like, I respect that because I'm like. Someone should be paid. Yeah. We've had an interaction. You did your job to see if I needed help. You should not be punished because I didn't need help. So if you want to. I respect more the fact that you left us alone. So I'll give you your bonus for that. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for reading the room. Exactly. Right. I mean, here's, I don't know if I've been into like, oh, geez, this is not good. Let me put Um, it this way. The last time that I got hawked at like that was when I was in a traditional brick and mortar mall six years ago. Dude, it's always the people selling cologne, uh, lotions, or it's a straight up car dealership. That that's crazy. But the last time I got hawked at, it was like, I was wearing like a Star Lab sweatshirt from The Flash and like. There was one of the girls at the kiosks in the mall was like, oh, cool sweatshirt. Where did you get that? And I was just like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend got it for me. And she's like, oh, cool. And then went into her pitch. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I done? You know, if in a different world and we're super attractive in this in this different world. Speak for yourself. If a pretty girl talks to us, we're like, oh, she's obviously interested in me. Now, if a pretty girl talks to me, I'm like, oh, great. She's trying to sell me something. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's not me. I know if it's a pretty, not me. If a pretty girl were to talk to me in public, I would genuinely think I'm getting pranked. Like, I'm looking around for who has their phone out in, like, a suspicious manner. Like, so I'm, I'm about to be the butt of a joke somewhere. And I just have to accept that, I guess. Remember the time a pretty girl approached me at Aldi and I thought she wanted to invite me to be (laughs) her and her husband's third. And she just tried to have me join her multi-level marketing company. Uh, that and it's like she left you on red for like a month or something like that. And then she right? keep, she called me back. <laughs> she kept calling me like follow up. And like the thing is, is like I should have known. I should have known. The thing is, is I was wearing a suit that day. So I'm like, oh maybe if she is interested <laughs> in me, maybe she would want me to join her open relationship with her husband. Uh, no, she was trying to sell me on something. I should and have known. let's be clear. Alex thought that he was about to become a third in someone's two and gave her his, his number. So, yeah. you know, we all know what his intentions were. <laughs> it was one of those things I'm like, I, cause I was like, yeah, my wife, I said my wife a million times. And I'm like, we're going to, maybe we could double date or something. I don't know if she's like, maybe that was just like open to swingers, but I'm like, oh, dope. My first week here and I made a friend. Man, <laughs> oh man. Played well, myself, bro. 
now that we've, you know, uh, humbled ourselves, I think is the best way to put it. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our movie. Um, this week we are doing our Christmas episode. We're taking a break from Joe December and we are watching It's a Wonderful Life. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, because let's be honest, it's a classic. We're not skimping over details. Um, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 34 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, it's a wonderful life. I want to set the tone real quick. Okay. All right. When it comes to these old, old movies for old geezers, as we've determined with our various decade months and general throws into previous decades, we know that old movies are about a 50-50 shot for me. I either think they're super cool or they rub me the wrong way. Yep. I really liked this one. Dude, I, me too. Dude, this is so cool. I like this movie a lot. When I thought the movie was winding down, we got introduced to the reason it's called It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Yeah. So the <laughs> thing that so the thing that people know from It's a Wonderful Life is the whole like every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And right. the thing that people like think about this movie is like um Jimmy Stewart's character getting paraded around by an angel, kind of like Christmas Carol style, and um finding out what life would be like if he wasn't born. I'm not kidding you. That's like 15 minutes of the movie at the end. Dude, it's, so, the, it's literally the third act. It's it's and by the way, it doesn't there's no foreshadowing. It's not hinted to. It comes out of nowhere in the third it's a, act. It's a little hinted to in the sense that this is the frame of reference for the story. So the movie starts and it's angels talking to each other. Like, oh, George Bailey's going to kill himself. We should make sure he doesn't do that. Who do we go to send in? Oh, let's go send in Clarence, the guy who hasn't been able to save anyone. Um... And they bring that up at the very beginning of the movie, and we don't see that until an hour and 45 minutes later into the movie. To the point where I forgot it was part of the movie. Yeah, dude, you hear like a voiceover every once in a while, and you're like, oh, right, forgot about that. It's, it's, uh, it's, the thing is, it's not an afterthought. It is the whole basis for the movie. Just as an audience member, you're like, what's going on right now? It's the the better thing that I would use to describe it. It is the angel aspect is the underlying thread that kind of ties the whole movie together. Right. Um, so if you are unfamiliar with It's a Wonderful Life, it came out in 1946, directed and written by Frank Capra. And uh, it's one of Jimmy Stewart's like big movies like it is in his IMDb known fors. Um, and this is one of those movies where you see like almost all of a man's life. The movie starts when he's 12 and it ends when he's a father of four. So like you see a lot of this man's life and basically his dad has a company that um, specializes in building and loaning cheap houses to people. And it is in direct competition to the stereotypical money grubbing um, banker antagonist landlord piece of shit guy. And so when Jimmy Stewart's character, whose name is George Bailey, when his dad, the owner of the company dies, it falls into his lap. He becomes the owner and like the CEO of the company. And he doesn't want to be. And that's the big thing is it is not his dream to do this. His dream is to travel 
go to school and build houses and build like skyscrapers. Yeah, like in that order. Mm -hmm. And so when his dad dies, he's like, okay, I don't need to travel. I'll stick around. And then he gets appointed head of the board and he goes, okay, I don't need to go to college. I'll wait until my brother comes home. And then his brother comes home and he goes, okay, I have to go to war. It's back in your hands. And he goes, okay, this is fine. I'll take care of it until my brother comes home. And like, it's all these like um, snowballing events that like keep George Bailey in town. And like the, the real heart to this movie, the emotional theme of this movie is watching George Bailey go from resentful obligation to genuine care about the community end of thought this movie is it's i've never related so much to an old movie because like i mean it's a it's a theme that is evergreen it's the i want to do big things i want to leave this small town i don't want to have anything to do with those people in this town i want to move on and he gets stuck there and he resents it and then it grows on him and he has a family and there's a part of him that goes, dude, I, I wish my family, I wish I could just go out and do stuff, but now I'm here and I just want to be a good guy. And I guess while I'm here, I'll make the most of it, but I'm always looking for a way out. And I'm like, good grief. Dude, this was in the forties, 80 years ago. And I feel like that. Holy dude. It's just like, it was good. The writing is good. The dialogue is hilarious. Oh yeah. It, it's genuinely funny. I'm like, this is, I mean, I don't, I'm not really surprised it's a great movie. Um, it's like on IMDb's top 20 list. It's number yeah. 20 of best movies of all time. And um, I get it. Yeah. Also, heads up, this movie takes place during Christmas sometimes. It's not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie in the sense that the most important parts of the movie take place during Christmas. And Christmas does play an important enough factor in this to where I would, I, I still consider this a Christmas movie. It is Christmas enough, but there are definitely more Christmassy movies than this. Yeah. Um, I, but the thing is, is like half the movie doesn't take place during Christmas. It's just the important parts take place during Christmas. Yeah. Um. But on that note of like evergreen relatability, um, people also still quote this movie all the time in regards to like um, class disparity. Like Jimmy Stewart has many monologues, like no fewer than three decrying like the like the, the malicious practices of like private home ownership or and like or at least like private banking and how like all these like predatory loans are hurting people and um how they're paying more for worse quality housing. And like, he goes on many rants about that. So if you're like, you know, anti-capitalist, um, you're going to get a real kick out of this movie. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things that like, I mean, if there are, there are flaws in this movie, the bad guy is irredeemably bad. And that, I don't think that's, that's a flaw though. I think it serves a purpose in this movie, but it, I don't actually, I don't, here's the thing. I don't think this movie is so realistic. That you're like, oh, that's that breaks the world for me. It's just the way I like. This is not a perfect movie for me. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's perfect either. But like, I think that various movies require various things from their antagonist. And right. I think that like 
you know, the antagonist that has, that makes a good point, but goes about it the wrong way. You know, the Killmonger attitude. Um, I think that there is a place for that. I also think that there is a place for antagonists that are cartoonishly evil. Just straight up evil. Couldn't be good if they tried kind of thing. Always taking advantage of people. And what I like about, and the reason why I think a cartoonishly evil villain works for a movie like this is because how it gets resolved. And so the idea, and this is why I like this movie so much. The theme I'm about to explain is the, the big problem of this movie, long story short, the company that, um, George Bailey runs is short $8,000. And if he doesn't come up with that money in like a night, then the business is going to close. Yeah. And well, it's uh, the business is going to close. He's also going to prison for fraud. And um, cause they assume he stole the money yeah. or at the very least it has crooked books. It's building. Yeah. His building, mm-hmm. his business is called building and loan. They literally just give out mortgages. It's a bank. And he just lost eight in 1930 something. Maybe. I don't know if this movie takes place when it comes out. Okay. So, let's say it's 1940s. I, I think uh, the end know? of the movie catches up to real time because it okay, takes so, place. It's like during World War II is at the end of the movie. So 1940, eight grand just dis, like they honestly lose it. Yeah. It's not, so like. And let's be clear. We, we don't need to beat around the bush. Mr. Potter, the antagonist kind of steals it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is accidentally given to him, and he does not return it, and he knows where it came from. Um, um, but the point so, that I'm trying to make, regardless, yeah. is um, there's this big financial trouble, and the entire community comes together to help get George Bailey out of this bind. And like, there's one specific line that sticks with me, is where um, his uncle comes in, or his brother-in-law, something to that effect, Um he comes in with like the entire community behind him. And he goes, I didn't even have to explain what the problem was. I just said, George is in trouble. And they said, I'm in. And that kind of like community rallying only happens when the cause they are rallying against is strong enough to do so. So if Mr. Potter, the antagonist was like a Killmonger antagonist, then there's no reason for the community to band together like they do. See, and so, I disagree because I they banded against banded together for Bailey, not against Potter. I don't think because they were all like, "You helped us out during the Great Depression." Like, really, when honestly, when that hit, and we found out you were in trouble, we found out you were going to prison. They didn't know it was Potter's fault. No one told him it was Potter's fault. His wife didn't even know it was Potter's fault. So I think they were doing it for him, not against somebody else. So I st- think it still works with a different antagonist. That's, that being, yeah. we would have to see that movie to like make that judgment call. I think, but right. I definitely understand what you're coming. What what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, it's. I feel like it's definitely more for Bailey. Also, it's more wholesome when you're doing <coughs> it for a guy who needs it, and not um, out of, in spite of somebody else. Be like, screw that guy. Here's some money. Get back at him. Hey, just in case you were curious, the eight thousand dollars he lost was the equivalent of about a hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to prison. If you, if you like also, embezzle $150 plus $1,000, that's prison money. And also just the idea of like the scene that that money gets lost in. It's the dude. It's his uncle just like strolling up to the bank with it in hand. And if in somebody an were to- envelope. Yeah. Just in cash. 
Like, if if I were to deposit the equivalent of $150,000, I'm not rolling up to the bank in anything less than a safe welded to a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I would do that, dude. It'd be one of those things I'm like, I'm not talking to anyone. Dude, I've had like five grand on me. I'm like, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm going to check it, see if it's in my pocket all the time. And I'm probably going to like, I might have someone with me. And so, Just to make sure. um, <laughs> yeah, I had to, um, when I was in college, I had to put down like a $2,000 deposit for my classes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had to go from the bank to the college and it was a 15 minute drive. And I had an envelope in my passenger seat with $2,000 in cash. And even while I was driving, no one was in the car with me. The windows were all the way up. Even while I was driving, I'm like, it's not going anywhere, right? It's not going anywhere, right? Right, dude. Um, I don't know, man. So um, I watched this movie with my parents, and something that my dad pointed out that I didn't even notice is, like, Jimmy Stewart has maybe the strongest transatlantic accent I've ever heard. I don't know if it was the strongest, but it's definitely a fake movie accent, dude. <laughs> It's just like the entire movie. He's like, uh, he's like, this isn't what I dreamed for, Dad. You gotta understand. I want to go to college. I want to. I want to build things. I want to travel the world. Dude, I was just waiting for him to be like, yeah, you see, <laughs> yeah, exactly see? right. It was, it was thick, but like, I just came to expect it. By the way, audience, you can watch this in black or white or color. The, I feel like the voice would have stuck out more if I watched it in black and white. There are also but, some shots in this movie that if I watched it in black and white, I would not I would have been like, that's just genuinely ugly. Like there are some shots when Jimmy Stewart's standing on the bridge thinking about suicide. Like there are some shots of the ocean and the waves crashing. And I'm like, oh, this looks okay in color. This would look awful in black and white. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was it was a it's you need to watch this movie in color. If you're not sure, if you don't really like old movies, watch it in color. It's done seamlessly you can kind of tell but like not in most scenes and you'll forget about it quick and i think a lot of people just like are averse to black and white also sometimes it's hard to get the lighting right because you can't tell something's a shadow or just black or gray um it's the move to just go color um this this movie has a lot of side characters and yes i liked pretty much all of them I also remembered all of them. Yeah. And um, right before they do the angel thing where everybody forgets he existed and he was never born, we get introduced to like three new friends really quick because they become relevant in the angel scenes. But like they introduce them really quickly, but also thoroughly enough to where I, it didn't feel like it was rushed. Like, I could tell, oh, they introduced these people because they needed them really quickly. But, like, I never felt like their introductions or their, like, emphasis was out of place. Yeah. Also, the names are different enough that I never got people confused. I always know who was who. Yeah. Like, like Nick and Bert and Martini. Like, those are, like, distinct names. Yeah. Or Sam Wainwright. Yeah. I'm like, oh, um, Mr. Gower. I'm like, dude, I know who all these people are. I will Even say. Even his kids had distinctive names. I'm just, oh, I'm just on board with the whole thing. I mean, shout out Zuzu, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I will say that I really liked Mr. Gower's 
um, involvement in this movie because he get he's in the prologue for this movie, um, and then you don't and then you don't see him again until the angel scenes. In which case, his character takes the sharpest nosedive you've ever seen. So it's like, you go 90 minutes without seeing that character. And then they're like, oh, that's Mr. Gower. I remember him from the beginning of the movie. And they're like, yeah, he's homeless and crazy. And you're like, oh, oh, I feel so sad now. I I think there might have been like one scene because he bought him the suitcase. I want to see if there's any other scene after the suitcase. I don't don't think there is. There's so many characters, dude. I forget about scenes in this movie because it's it's two hours and ten minutes, but a lot happens. It is the stakiest holiday movie that you could probably watch. Like, yeah. it is a meal. It's a good meal, but like, but you need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, if you, uh, I can't imagine watching this movie more than once a year unless you're just having it on in the background for vibes, which. Makes sense. It's pretty vibey. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Like, it's one of those movies where, like, people herald it as a classic. And when people herald things as a classic, I get a little cautious because I'm like, I'm not going to doubt that they're good. I'm just going to doubt if they're for me. This was very much for me. Um, Like Alex said, like, all the dialogue is, like, super it is written in a way that like it's very much of the time but you never feel out of place like they don't use lingo where you're like what could that possibly mean everything is in context and you pick up most of the slang within the second or third usage of it yeah i mean context clues are everything um dude i'm just like this movie's so and the the crazy thing is the movie's called it's wonderful life based on the third act so the first two acts straight up is like <laughs> exposition yeah like above all else this movie is a character study this movie it's 100 just about characters dude yeah that's it it's george bailey from the start george bailey all the way to the end now there are lots of people he interacts with it throughout the way but like this is george bailey's movie it's not you know a movie about angels it's not about like it's not even about like the supernatural what if you weren't born Like, that is a heavy theme of it, but, like, if that part were removed and it was just, like, a feel-good movie that, like, if he did not need the angel's guidance to get everybody to rally behind him, then the movie still would have been incredibly effective. Yeah. Dude, this is... It's pretty good. I'm trying to think of flaws. Um, I mean, it got nominated for five Oscars. Didn't win any of them. One, none of them. <laughs> Top 20 all time on IMDb. Pretty good. Um, I mean. Here's what I will say do. is yeah. I don't love and I understand that this is like a creative choice. It is super realistic. This is 100% just a subjective thing that I don't like is I don't like watching men take their anger out on and around their families. Yeah. And that there is a scene where it is, and it is not a short scene where like you watch um, George Bailey get snippy with his wife in a way that you haven't seen him get. And he's super short with his children. And, you know, I mean, this is also the precursor because his family doesn't know he's about to go to prison. Yes. And and I'm not saying (laughs) that it's not warranted. I'm I'm not trying to dismiss that. Like his anger was warranted. It's just the scene makes him comfortable. Yeah, so, like, I personally, and, like, 
he holds it in for too long. If he were to walk in, say, a bad thing happened at work, I might be in serious trouble, and, like, we went on from there, that would be one thing. But it's the fact that he's, like, refusing to tell any of his family his problems, and then just starts kicking the shit out of his, like, architecture boards, I'm like, oh, right, maybe, whoo, I understand you're in trouble, but yikes, man, big yikes. <laughs> a couple things that keep this from being a perfect movie for me is this movie would be so good if it just came out now. Yeah. Um, it is a little distracting that everyone's white except yeah. for the housekeeper. Uh-huh. Oh, I noticed that too. And a lot of people like, are like, oh, why you got to bring... Dude, there's no black people. That's how I notice. There's, there's zero. <laughs> there's one this- specific scene that if you don't notice it by then, this is the scene where you notice... Where, like, everybody's afraid that the bank and loan isn't going to have any money. So everybody tries to um, withdraw their accounts at once. So you see the entire extended cast of the movie in a single set piece together. There's, like, 30 people in this small room together. And you're like, oh, these are all white people. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, like, yo, got nothing against white people. You got nothing against them. I love them. I'm half of them. (laughs) Hey, but if you it did, is, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> it's, for me, it pulls me out. I'm like, this is just, it's everybody, bro. I You can't go to the DMV and have it be 100% white people. That's, it just, it pulls me out of the movie. Yeah, um, I totally understand. Um, Another thing that happens is, and this is, I mean, to be honest, it's realistic, but it pulled me out, is just like the amount of just old white dudes in the boardroom. I'm like. That's the time where I couldn't tell who was who. That's when they all started to look the same. <laughs> um, so I'm like, if it, it was made now, those people don't even have to have speaking parts. But like, make it look like a real town, you know? And there are scenes, like, it, me describing why this movie isn't going to be a 10 would just be me nitpicking scenes. Like, it's there's all nitpicking. A, yeah, like, the difference between scene, an 8.5 and a 10 is nitpicking. Yeah, And so, like, there's a scene towards the beginning of the movie. It's a scene right before his father dies where he's on a date with who would then become his wife. And, like, there's this really (laughs) awkward exchange with, like, her being naked in the bush and him not giving her the robe back and, like, just kind of being real mean about it for no reason. And, like, it's, again, it is realistic. He's an early college kid. That's how early college kids behave. And it's played very silly. Yeah, like, like it's, it's a, not trying to be a menace or or like a straight up incel, but like but it comes across <laughs> that way just enough for me to be uncomfortable by it. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, we get it. Okay, I know you're joking, but like this has been going on for a long time, you know. Now um, I do want to say that this movie is my. It covers themes that I really enjoy. I've already discussed like. I really like it when a community comes together. It is maybe top three favorite tropes for me. And, but like another theme about this that I really like is it's super simple, but just like seeing the way that your life affects other people. And like, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the effects of this guy's life is exaggerated for the sake of cinematic effect. Like I'm sure that if I were to die right now at 25, I would not have, you know, my death would not result in a a ship full of military operatives dying at sea. You know, here's the thing. They also like cherry picked only the big stuff. 
Yeah. We saw every big thing that would happen. All I mean, there was like five things, which is a lot, but like, yeah, come on. But like the point I'm making is I no really... one's that important. <laughs> Most <laughs> of you guys are not that important. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, I liked that showcase anyway. You know, yeah. there's, you know, to be a, a little bit of a nerd for a second, but there's a Doctor Who quote that's been floating around for a while where where the doctor goes like, oh, in all my 900 years of traveling, I've never met somebody who isn't important. And this movie gives off the same vibes as that. Hardcore. And I'm a sucker for it. I fall for it every time. I eat it up. Um, Yeah, I don't. But the movie's good anyway. <laughs> the characters yeah. were so good that like, I always know that a romance is written well when I fall in love with the wife. I'm like, man... You're a good guy, man, and you got a good one. Like your yeah. wife is awesome, and I'm like, that's good writing. <laughs> that's good writing because I'm not gonna fall in love with a woman who's unrealistic. Cause I'd be like, oh, this person isn't real. But I'm, I was watching her. I'm like, it's a good wife right there, dude. You got lucky. Take care of her. It was one of those things. It was weird, dude. It was just like, and I liked his friends, and I liked his relationships with other people, and he was doing the right thing, even though he didn't like it, and he eventually grew on him, and he seemed like a pretty decent dad. Everyone like, dude, it was just good vibes, bro. I like every once in a while, it's good to watch a movie, walk away and be like, okay, so I don't need to watch a palate cleanser after this. Yeah. This is, this is a good movie and I can watch it with anyone. So I'm going to say, I, it feels so good to give out a high rating and mean it. Um, because this movie, I'm going to say it is a nine out of 10. Okay. For me, it's not a nine. Because once we get nines and tens for me are movies written for me. Tens are movies that were only for me, like Tenant. It's a movie that's only for me. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once is another 10 for me. Nines are like written for me and a sprinkle a little bit for everybody else. Sure. And I think this movie is written for everyone and they sprinkled in a little bit for me. So that's, that's the eights. Weird description. I've never said that before. <laughs> but um, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. And, and that's a so gr- fair. That it's, is so fair. It's a great movie, dude. Um, It's a bit of a bummer that I'm not going to be able to watch it all the time because it's a lot. It's yeah. A lot. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, Well, let's move on and do our improv segment. We can welcome back our non-movie listeners. And um, we're going to do one. I think I introduced this like two weeks ago recently. Um, I want to give us another crack at it. Um, we are going to do a bit of franchising. The way okay. this works is we are going to do a scene and then we're going to do the sequel to that scene. And then we're going to do the prequel to it all. Okay. I took notes the last time so I could oh, have callbacks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was not important. Did not need to do that. <laughs> um, okay. I'm thinking... Let's so let's do this. It's the first week of the apocalypse, all right? And you and I are a survivor duo and one of us is adjusting a little bit better than the other. Oh, you just reminded me of the movie I watched. And I was going to have to do it for what you call it. Um, sure dude, I'm done. we haven't done an apocalypse one in a long time. Um, hey, you know, we gotta keep we gotta bring things around we gotta keep things fresh no i I like Uh. it dude i feel like we've been doing the. we've talked about this before we do the same seven scenes over (laughs) and over again so i'm down for the apocalypse okay (sighs) i gotta tell you man 
I don't know when I'm going to get used to doing these food runs. Really, dude? Because if you think about it, um, it was always going to come down to this. We have the ammo. We've scouted everything. We've strategized. It was only a matter of time till it came down to this. But, like, I don't understand why we don't just live in the CVS. Like, why do we keep making runs to the CVS? We've gone over this a million times, and we rehearsed it before the apocalypse even came. Because it's a hotbed area. Everyone knows oh. in an apocalypse, there the people you want to avoid is other people. And you okay, can't camp you... out in an obvious place. It's a target. You said we rehearsed this. We walked into a CVS with backpacks and got kicked out. But, like, you got the point. The people were the problem. I mean, you... when you put it that way, I guess. All right, well... Um, I got the Aleve you wanted. It's not extra strength. There, there's not any more extra strength there. So I guess you'll just have to take two pills instead of one. Oh um, my gosh. Think of what that's going to do to our rations. Okay. Then just take one and deal with half the pain. Okay. Your choice. Um, I also, they still had a few of those Starbucks coffees in the fridge. So I grabbed a few of those and I got like, I got their last pack of toilet paper. Okay. Have you ever thought about like why when we when we go in there why wouldn't we just take all the toilet paper or why, why we wouldn't this, bunker in there? No, that's we've talked about this and we just talked about this. But if you're gonna go in, you're like, oh, I need toilet paper. Why are you gonna take three packs and be like, I'll leave it for the other scavengers? What? Why would we oh, do that? Take listen. everything. Hey, um, weren't you gonna build a fire while I was gone? Okay, listen. The way my flint and steel is set up, it's is set it's, up. You mean it's not just a flint and steel? Right, but there's also there was more of the sentence. The way is, the way it's set up, right? It's nighttime now. It uh-huh. was daytime when you left. We have uh-huh. limited firewood. If I started when the day was out, we were wasting firewood. Don't need light when the day's out. So I waited till you got back. It's nighttime now. Now I'll start a fire. Okay. Well, I mean, I I just don't understand why I'm doing all the heavy lifting. And when I ask you to just build a fire, you have to get all hoity-toity about it. All I'm saying is there's strategy, and it's obviously you, it's obvious you never studied game theory, because um, you would know the answers to all these questions, and you wouldn't be asking me such stupid questions. Hey, maybe I didn't study game theory, because I was too busy getting laid in college, okay? So I think that we should all just like take a little bit of perspective, and maybe when we die in this apocalypse, inevitably, let's be honest, we, ta- we take a minute to reflect on who lived a happier life, okay? So, okay, joke's you on know- you. I didn't go to college, so that point's null and void, and uh, not gonna lie, I kind of stopped paying attention after you said that, so guess what you say really doesn't matter, huh? Okay, well, I'm going to turn in early for the night. You All right, I'll, do I'm whatever, first on fire watch. I'll, I'll wake you up when it's your shift. Don't touch me. Well, then I'll spray you with water. You got to, I won't touch you, but you got to wake up. We have to take shifts. Fine, okay? Just, God, stop, just stop talking to me. All right, I think that's where we cut it and we go to our sequel scene here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Tyler, are you back from CVS yet? Dude, there is nothing left. This is our 50th CVS we've ever been to. That It's been scavenged to pieces. You've been counting? Yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to do something special for our 50th CVS, but like, there's like nothing what? there. Go to a 51st CVS? I was thinking more raid the bakery section, maybe build a cake, but I don't like okay. your sarcastic attitude, so I'm regretting ever thinking of doing something nice for you. Now, listen, I understand that this, is, this was your first CVS run, okay? Um, but I just don't know why we're changing roles after we've been out here for like 
three years. You you Be- were good at your thing. I was good at my thing. Why are, why are we switching them up all of a sudden? Because I rolled my ankle and I don't trust you to build the fires anymore. Okay? Now, the point I was making was you should know better than, than that, that uh, a bakery section in, let's be clear, a CVS is going to have any fresh items three years post-apocalypse. Well, I mean, twi- Twinkies are notoriously like able to survive anything. So, I mean, if you steal enough of those, you could probably make a cake out of it or something. Hey, I was going to get creative. Question. No, I have a question. Do you consider the Twinkies at CVS the bakery section? What else would it be? Desserts, snacks. Oh, so, you, so okay. So, desserts and bakery are going to be different sections now? Hey, How many CVSs have you been to? 49? If it's a pre, if it's prepackaged, didn't come from a bakery, came from a factory. I don't know what how if, to tell you that. What if uh, uh, the factory had a bakery, dummy? Okay, <laughs> use your brain sometimes. This is why I'm the strategy guy, and you're the go getter. Okay. Okay, what do they hold call? on. So by that strategy, are you saying that all stores are bakeries? No, because not everything is baked. Dummy, got you again, bro. Not all stores okay. are baked. All right. What did you get from CVS? Um. Dude wipes, which okay. are probably dried out, but I'm sick and tired of toilet paper. Um, well, we haven't had toilet paper in eight months, so I'm just tired of the leaves at this point. So I figured instead of spitting on leaves, I would just get wipes because that whole thing just was has been Hold making on. me uncomfortable for months. You've been spitting on the leaves. Have you been wiping with dry leaves? Now I'm the crazy one for spitting on them. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you're crazy for that. I'm just. I can't believe we, we've been doing this for three years and I didn't think about that. Well, Hold on. we ran out of toilet paper six months ago. We made transition to leaves. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to have leaves, they're at least going to be. Hey, moist. I just want to say we don't need to keep qualifying things with time. We've brought up like various timelines a few times now. I don't need to be reminded of the past. I only need to look at the future. I'm I just like talking about the time because I mean, it's like prison, right? You got to know how long you've been in. You're just constantly keeping track of the time. Are you saying that surviving with me is a prison? Wait, surviving? You think it's not? You realize I mean, the only reason you're around is because I don't like going to get things. Like oh. You must have picked up on that early, right? I just, I just thought it was because we were friends and we cared about each other's survival and well-being. But No, I mean, the ratio of survivor to death early on is easily determined by the numbers of your squad. You want a smaller one. So you don't attract too much attention, but you can't just be one person because obviously you have shifts. There's multiple dues that need to get done. This was purely a strategic move, and I just figured you'd be the, I mean, I knew you weren't going to betray me because you need me. And yeah, I kind of thought this through. I'm surprised you haven't thought this through. We've been together for a long time. But like, you haven't even like warmed up to me or anything? I would say I've gotten used to you. Are you telling me that you don't like at least a little bit look forward to the folk songs that I sing around the campfire at night. That's been you singing? Dude, I thought I was hallucinating. I could have sworn I was hallucinating. I make eye contact with you while I'm singing. I, You know what I bet? I bet you did this like one of the first couple nights, and ever since then, I've been like microdosing mushrooms before I go to sleep. What and, mushrooms? Uh, Hold on. You know you can't microdose like regular, like just any mushroom, right? Isn't there like... Like, you can just cook them, right? And just eat them? I'm starting to think you don't know what microdosing means. And I also don't think you know what a hallucination is. I'm starting to worry about my own validity in this group now. So, Wait, is um, this, Are we dreaming right now? Is this a long dream or is this real life? 
If this is a long dream, then I may as well stay asleep because I don't think the waking world has anything left to offer me. How do we decide if you've been dreaming or sleeping? If it's a dream, uh, we can just kill ourselves, right? And we'll go up a level. You've seen Inception, uh, right? Yeah, I think if uh, I'm going to start spinning this top, you let me know if it slows down, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Just straight up copying another. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have to do our prequel scene. Okay. Um, hey, uh, I'm Billy. Hi. Uh, hey, Billy. Uh, my name's Alex. How are you? Oh, um, hi, Alex. Uh, I thought I was meeting, um, I thought I was meeting Timmy here. Is he around? Nope. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Um. Hey, I got some questions for you, Billy. Yeah? Would you consider yourself to be very strong? Um, I guess so. Yeah, you know, I don't like work out, but I like, I play like, you know intramural soccer at my rec center um about how many rolls of toilet paper do you think you could carry in one go in one go can i stack them like a tower uh yes 107 okay would you consider yourself to be very gullible and easily manipulated um i prefer the word believes in people okay do you have any weird tendencies before you go to bed that might annoy someone in an apocalypse or just a a one-on-one scenario um, no one has ever told me that. Like, sometimes I kick in my sleep, but like not violently. But you don't like sing or anything weird, right? N- not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, any other questions? <laughs> uh, you have no problem like supporting a lazy person, right? You just I seem mean, like I've been supporting guy. my brother for the last 18 years, if you know what I mean. Okay. Do you have any other attachments or would you be fine like leaving? I mean, never like, seeing these people ever again. I have a family. Like, my parents live in town. All right. So, if they were to die, though, you'd have no problem just like leaving. I mean, I'd like to do like a funeral first. What is your? What are you getting at, man? I'm vetting you. I'm putting For together what? a special. I can't tell you, or else you might join another team. Like what kind what? of? T- I told you, I'm already on my intramural soccer team. I don't have much time for other teams. Do you have any firearms experience? I like shot BB guns with my grandpa. What's your favorite zombie movie? Um, Train to Busan. Good answer. Good answer. So I just how do you wanna, feel okay, about okay, sacrificing right. people to uh, um, to survive a zombie attack? I would rather not if I can help it. All right, okay, I gotta be honest, guy. You gotta wrap up these questions real fast. I'm meeting a guy here. He says that like something important is happening in a few hours. He was super vague about the messaging, but I I'm done with this man. Oh yeah, he's dead. Um, what the and, what does uh, that mean? You can't just say that. Hey, I don't know if you know how like society and rules in our like social engagement works, but you can't just be like, oh yeah, he's dead, and expect me to go along with it. All right. Okay. Well, let me explain. Oh, you seem to be talking a lot. I can see how that's going to get annoying in a couple of years. Uh, first of all. Don't worry about society. Doesn't exist anymore. Uh, second, um, I don't have a phone. He had one. I killed him. Message you because you seemed like a pretty good, I don't know, companion uh, for the journey we have ahead of us. And congratulations. You made the team. You should be congratulating me for keeping you alive. You're welcome. I don't know what you're talking about. Can you just turn on a TV or something? Just Do you have any awareness whatsoever? Do you know what's God, going on? Sorry, I just got out of a soccer game. I haven't checked my phone in a oh the apocalypse happened uh, yeah wh- yes hey 
Why did you not lead with that? I thought you would have known or something. Okay, I think it's well, a, a stranger or a person who kind of sort of knows you messages you and says, hey, this is super important. Something might be going wrong with the world. And you're like, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the apocalypse and the things going on around me. I think you're being unnecessarily mean about this. Um, but if we're going to do a survival group, I guess I know I know a CVS we could bunker down in. OK, let's let's get one thing straight. And this will be the last we ever talk about it. We don't bunker down in CVSs. That's where everyone goes. And if you want to die, I don't know, maybe first, that's where you go. Otherwise, you loot and move. Now, I'm sure this will never come up again. But in case it does, just remember this conversation. Hey, I want to make one thing clear. I don't like you and I will never value my worth on how well you like me. So if we're going to survive, fine. But I want to make one thing clear. I'm clearing out the bake section and you are not going to stop me. Just make sure to get Twinkies while you're there. Okay. Okay. I don't know how else to end that scene. <laughs> I I thought it could have ended in like three different places. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> full circle, man. All the callbacks. Listen, I want to, I, I know that we have a tendency and it's not, it's not, it's a bad habit. I'm trying to break it of um, breaking down our improv after the scene. It's bad form. However, I did like the part where you forgot what character name you were supposed to have that I already set up. You said the wrong one. I threw you a softball and you still knocked it away. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if there's one dude, here, let's get one thing straight. Many times after we do improv, we're like, Oh, that was pretty good. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. I'm not good at improv. <laughs> I'm not, I can't do voices and I'm not good at improv. And there's one reason I'm not good at improv. It is almost impossible for me to stay present <laughs> while you're talking i pick up on like a few important words and i'm like what am i saying next that right. this makes sense all right audience i need you to go listen to that whole scene again and um you know let me know the through the lens of, of a person you hear no alex actively disengage <laughs> it's like i was trying so hard i'm like just focus on what he's saying what does he want from you where is this going? And there was a couple times I'm like, okay, does he want me to be more disagreeable or is he trying to move the scene along? He introduced himself as Billy and I feel like he said my name. <laughs> I don't know what his name was. Let's just say my real name. It was, listen, man, it's tricky, but we can move right. on. What do we have for our middle segment? Craig, we haven't done this in a while. And to be honest, I don't even know what we called it. I love it when we do this. Just straight up. Would you rather's, bro? All right, let's 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 rock through. I have scoured the internet for my favorites. Some of these are like internet famous, but not friend group famous. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Like the zeitgeist knows about it, but these are not a lot of questions you've asked your friends. So we'll start off with an uber famous one. Would you rather have the ability to fly effortlessly at ten miles per hour or run effortlessly at a hundred miles per hour? Um, does effortlessly imply I can do it for as long as I want? You can do it for as long as you want. Then run at a hundred miles an hour. Okay. Let me tell you why that's the wrong answer. Cause everyone picks that. And then usually the follow up question is, do I have reflexes that match, you know, going hundred miles per hour? That's usually the follow up question. You running in a straight line at a hundred miles per hour can literally only be done on roads. Okay. So that means you're just going to be running instead of driving a car. But 
also like I know what you're thinking in the sense of like if I fly then I can go as the crow flies and I don't have to worry about roads but yes. 10 miles an hour is so slow 10 miles an hour is like your car idling yeah but it's still faster than you can walk and the rate at which that's a f- that's a fast jog but and- I'm just thinking like okay now think about this now this is not my idea this is some random dude on the internet put on a wingsuit right go 10 miles per hour up into the sky and then dive. I mean, I guess 200 miles per hour. But also, I'm not bolting at 100 miles an hour. Like I'm not hitting max speed all the time. Just be I like, could, I'm gonna go the a little bit over the speed limit. Be like, it's a 25. I'm gonna run a 40. Save myself some time. It is cool. It is. But the thing is, I don't know, man. Let me put it this way. All right, my commute to work is about seven minutes. And it's almost entirely 25 miles an hour roads. All right. If I run at 50 miles an hour and, and like the only thing I have to adhere to is crosswalk signs, then I'm at work in three minutes. I've cut my time in half, if not more. And I just am the guy that runs to work. Okay. All right. Fair point. Fair point. Would you rather never enjoy music again or never enjoy food again? Meaning... Um, Food tastes like nothing. Food is then like food. water. Then food. Then food. Or, oh my god. Okay. Like I food is already like I have favorite foods and I would be bummed to lose my favorite foods, don't get me wrong, but if I could like remove the pro- like if I didn't have to worry about what I was eating ever again, that would solve so many of my life problems. Okay. I'm the same way. I think it would be a really annoying and I love food, but music is, it's too good. Bro. But also that would also make eating healthier way easier. I think that's where most people go with it. Yeah. You just eat the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but yeah. Okay. Would you rather be the top student in the best program of your choice at any school or the worst student at Hogwarts? I don't give a shit about Hogwarts. I think that's the right answer, actually. I think that's actually, the, I think that's the correct answer. Yeah. I've thought about all these a lot. Um, I think being the worst student at Hogwarts is straight up dangerous. <laughs> I, think yeah. I think it's really bad. Yeah. And just being like, um, I guess I'll go to Juilliard and then just be the best student ever. <laughs> or I'm going to be to Harvard and be a lawyer and be the best student ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, we'll do one more before it gets, uh, I'll let you choose between getting weird or getting deep. Um, would you rather always be slightly cold or always slightly have the urge to pee? Always be slightly cold. I prefer being cold anyway. I'm going slight pee. Cause sometimes like when you have to pee, you'll forget about it. And then later you'd be like, Oh, whoa, 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 I forgot. I had to pee an hour ago. Now I really got to go cold. I need to be able to go to bed and not be cold. That's like so important to me. If I can never like completely warm up, that's bad dude that being said much rather be cold than hot but if i can't just warm up that's that would really bother me we're going weird uh sure would you rather and when you when this question appeared in front of you be it in your mind or the internet you saw that and you've looked at our library of episodes and you thought, yeah, this is thematically appropriate to the other content that we've brought to the podcast before. 
I thought you think about the family members of your own that listen to this show, and you're yeah. like, I'm cool with kids. them hearing actual me say this. Kids, actual kids. I just know that you look out for me so much that I can <laughs> jump off a bridge and know that Superman's gonna save me. And it's just fun to get the airtime sometimes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Everyone jump out of a plane without a parachute, knowing you're gonna be saved. It feels pretty good. All right. Well, can we do like a normal like if we have to pivot to the deep questions to get a whatever hellhole we're in now, I right, we'll, we'll that. do we'll do one oh we'll do two more weird ones. They're not even weird. Maybe they're philosophical. Before we get to the deep stuff. Would you rather find a person or 1,000 cockroaches in your attic. A person. Do I need to elaborate or are the, or is that optional? Uh, I think it's really, this is a 50-50 one. I just think the person in the attic is terrifying. It's terrifying for sure, but a guy in the attic, I can figure out. All right? Like, <laughs> if there's a guy in the attic, he's either squatting there or planning on killing me anyway. So, like... Right. My fate is sealed regardless. With the cockroaches, I could call an exterminator. And you know what that exterminator is going to do? Get 990 of those cockroaches. Okay. Would you rather never be able to love or never be loved? Um, This is a great question because I have always been, and you know this, like I have been a very loving person my entire life. Like... When I tell when I tell people like, yeah, you know, I identify with a lot of hopeless romantic tropes. They take one look at me and be like, yeah, that tracks. That seems on brand for you. Um, So it would be hard for me to walk away from that. But the point of like hopeless romanticism is like the love being requited. Yes. And so, you know, going into like a loveless void, it seems um, also not helpful to put it gently. So I'm going to say I see those people that like, you know, like when you see people and you're like, oh, this person lives a very gray life. You know, they I think it would be crazy for me to give up the care that I have for the people around me because love does not necessarily, you know, confine itself to romantic love. You know, I, I have grown only because of the people around me and it would be foolish for me to walk away from that. So you're sticking with. Loving others and not being loved back. Correct. I think I'm going that route as well because I will love you and in return, I'll just be useful so you'll find value in me that way. Yeah. And also like just because, uh, you know, this scenario has been like, oh, you can still be loved doesn't mean that I will be. Yeah. That would just like before require someone to love uh, me. Yeah. I. It's, I mean, having family members that like don't love you, they're just like. But my thing is, I mean, this is so freaking dark and we're probably going to follow this up with one question is literally just going to be like, I will love you and that's great. And you might not love me, but at the very least, I'll make myself useful and there'll be value in having me around. That being said, I don't know what it'd be like to have kids that don't love you. That's fair. Would be brutal. However, I don't know what it would feel like to have kids that love you and for you to not care. Yeah, that's also pretty rough. That's insane. So I guess I'll just, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer of not being loved. All right, Craig, final question. Would you rather be able to prove that God is real or isn't real? Oh, that's the choice. Yeah. 
Would you rather? I, I'm not. I'm not touching that. You, <laughs> okay. What? Are you crazy? Are <laughs> okay. you crazy? Okay. 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 I'll do another one. I'm sure I have another one around here. Deep stuff. Deep stuff. Deep. Stuff. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, which half of the fan base do you want to ostracize this week? <laughs> Would you rather have a God, Alex? God, did you forget so, how to make hypotheticals? I, I, I only had two deep questions. Okay, all right. Here's another oh, one. We're going. God. We're going back to normal questions. We're going back to the normal ones because I only had two. <laughs> Would you rather have telekinesis or telepathy? If you have telekinesis, you can only move things that you could have. You had the power to lift with your hands. So that means you can't lift a building. Like, as you go to the gym and get stronger, then your telekinesis gets stronger. You could only pick up something that you were strong enough to pick up yourself. And telepathy, you can read other people's thoughts, but at the same time you're reading them, you say them out loud. Um, Telekinesis. Easy peasy. Easy. Easy, Easy right? Dude, I, my, my room would never be messy again. You're just going to sit in the chair, listen to music, and just look around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it would, yeah, it would so it, it would make my life so much easier. Oh my God. Um, that it round of be... hypotheticals really put me through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm sure we have a name for it. Straight up. Just would you rather guys? Um, it's kind of our thing. All right. Our one hit this week is super easy. All right. It's called build it or break it. I am on the Lego website and I have sorted all sets price high to low. So we're going to work our way down, and you're going to tell me if you'd rather build it or break it. Okay. Um, the first up is the AT-AT from Star Wars, or the AT, break it, if you will. Break, break it? Break it, dude. <laughs> um, up, I, I think I would probably build that. Ooh, Not no, interested. I, I, I'd probably break the at at So the next one is the Millennium Falcon. I would probably build. build this one. Yeah, yeah, I'll build that one. Um, the next one. Oh, Alex, I hope we're on the same page for this one. The next one is the Lego Titanic. And gang, you gotta break that one. Like, See, come I on, <laughs> build it and then break it. No, I, I would, I, would, I think I would just build it. I, I, I feel like breaking that one would be like weird. Because I feel cathartic. like, I mean, breaking it is not gonna be historically accurate unless you're like strategically breaking it so it breaks like how the Titanic actually broke. I think breaking it. Like you would break anything else is anticlimactic and boring. It's derivative, honestly. So, <laughs> okay, shut up. <laughs> um, the Eiffel Tower. I'm gonna break it. It can't be that complicated to build, bro. Unless they have like a working elevator. It's you're gonna do one thing and you have to do it three more times. A part of me just wants to throw a baseball and be like, it's a meteor. You know? <laughs> just try to do end of the world. Just set a baseball on fire and just throw it at it. But like the idea of the top of the uh, Eiffel Tower just like cascading into everything beneath it, I think would be very satisfying. I think it's very satisfying. More satisfying to break. And I, if I was going to build it, I want it to be way bigger than that. Um, what about the Hulkbuster from uh, Age of Ultron? <sighs> Oh, I'll build that, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's um, what pretty about cool. the Colosseum? You know, I'm like building from that Greece too, dude. Or Rome yeah. from Italy. You know, the one. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'll build that. That's pretty cool. Okay, and here's the last one that I have for you. Actually, I lied. There's one more after this that I think would be fun. Um, the uh, the Disney Castle. I'll build it. Yeah, I think 
I would yeah, build it. I feel that's I, the right I, thing to do. I'm not emotionally invested. Like, I don't think it would be fun to break it. But I also don't wouldn't want the Disney castle just hanging around. That's not really my vibe. Yeah, that was my mentality. I'm like, I don't care about breaking it, but I don't having it around. I'd have to give it to somebody. Okay, here's the last one: a grand piano. Do you know how satisfying it'd be when you broke it and like made you- that piano sound? <laughs> Piano's breaking. What I would love to do is I would love to drop it out a second story window. Yeah, it's always the sound of a piano <laughs> dropping or like a piano exploding in a house fire. Um, yeah, I'm not interested in building that. I'll break it. That sounds awesome. All right, that was build it or break it. Um, if we listed your favorite Lego set and how we'd smash it, um, maybe consider that if you would. Yeah, um, hey, maybe we're the experts and you're a loser. All right, free balling. Um, I'll have you go first. Um, I watched National Lampoon's Holiday Vacation. Okay. Christmas Vacation, actually. I talked about this last year, and I'm talking about it again. This movie is still good. All right. It's still good. It's still funny. The second time, it's funny the whole way through. Um, it might be funnier. Oh, wow. Also, I didn't realize that since the last time I watched it, I started watching Seinfeld, and I'm like, oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this. Yeah. I watched it the first time, like, oh, she looks familiar, and just moved on, not have knowing you, that Elaine Bennis was in this movie, bro. Um, have, did you watch the original Vacation? I'm watching it tomorrow. Okay. Um, I was shown the first Vacation. I, if I've seen Christmas Vacation, it's been so long, I don't remember it. But I remember watching the first Vacation movie, and a friend showed it to me because we were like in like late elementary school, early middle school, and he was like, dude, this movie's got boobs in it. And I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching that. There's a National uh, Lampoon's Vacation, regular one. Then there's a Euro Vacation, and then Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation slaps, bro. It slaps. It's so good. This is top three Christmas movies for me, bro. Oh, wow. I would say Claws is number one because it's like it is the Christmas movie to me. It's got the Christmas spirit, the spirit of giving, the origin of Christmas, the whole thing wrapped up. The new Claws, number one. Um, Then National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation, number two. And then number three, I think it's a tie between Home Alone in New York. Oh, Home Alone in New York tied with original Home Alone tied with Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Okay. Three-way tie. But I like National Lampoon more than all of those. Purely because I'm an adult. <laughs> As a it. kid, National Lampoon would have been like eight or nine. And if then it one was of those on three the movies. List at all. If it was on the list at all. As an adult, that movie is just funnier. Um, I watched a movie called The Family Switch. Um, this movie is on Netflix. It is a stereotypical cheesy family comedy. It is the same kind of like schlock that Netflix has been, you know, throwing out pretty much ever since um, Netflix started making original movies. Um, So this movie is like Freaky Friday, but with an entire family. So there's a mom, a dad and a son and a daughter. The son and the dad switch. The mom and the daughter switch. The dog and the baby switch. (laughs) Whoa. Um. And so it has Jennifer Garner, Ed Helms, and I don't know the actress's name, but she plays the blonde in Wednesday. Like I said, I don't know her name. She's the kid. And the movie is bad. Let's make that perfectly clear. The movie's bad. 
However, I was laughing through most of the movie. Like, um, there's like the climax of this movie is like it is so hallmark it hurts, where like the CEO of the company comes down and he's like, I had to tell you this myself. Your team nailed that presentation. We're giving you the case. We're making you partner. And then her rival's like, what about me? And they're like, you, you're fired. All of this, like at a concert that they weren't invited to, you know, like it's, it's like one of those movies. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I thought a lot of the bits were really funny. So if you are okay with putting up with a dumb movie for some good jokes, then like the family, like you could do worse than this. Um, I, I also love Jennifer Garner and I think that Jennifer Garner is one of the few actresses that knows she's in bad movies, but doubles down anyway. Movies like that do not work without commitment, and she commits. So, like, I've had a crush on Jennifer Garner ever since 13 going on 30. She's like, I love her. Um, I just don't get it. But no offense. She might actually hear this. No offense. <laughs> I, I say I have a crush on, but, like, it's like one of those kind of, like, mom crushes where you're like, if you were Dude, my I mom, have I'd be so okay many, with that. I have so many mom crushes. It's crazy. It's, Actually, so, I think my mom crush and your mom crush are totally different. I have a crush Je- on moms, and you're like, I want this person to be my mom. <laughs> Je- if yeah, Jennifer Garner is like prime genuine mother material. So who um, is your? This is our podcast is going too long. I'll ask that question later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so yeah, like I said, bad movie, good jokes, five point seven five, maybe okay. a six. I watched Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's good. But I was sold a bill that said this was going to change my life. Dude, you've seen one Christmas Carol. You've seen them all, dude. Yeah, but this is the only one that has the Muppets in it. It's good, but I don't know. I was expecting way too much out of this movie. That is is on me. It is a good middle of the road seven Christmas Carol movie, which is actually pretty good when you think of how many adults can get down with the Muppets. A seven is pretty good. You'd think it'd be lower. Um, I watched it with Willow. There's a couple of scary parts for her, but she might also just been like weirded out by the puppets. <laughs> um, um, having Statler and Waldorf appear as chained ghosts is a little bit of it's it's pretty strong yeah. imagery. Also, the ghost of Christmas Future kind of scary. Didn't matter that he was a puppet. The dude didn't say anything. He just walks around and points. Yeah, uh, narrator was fire. I mean, dude, I hate Miss Piggy so much, dude. Miss, yeah, I don't. I, that, I hate her yeah. so much. She's, it's so annoying. Yeah, I think a seven is fair. Maybe six, seven, five. Good enough movie to watch with your family if you want a new Christmas movie to watch. Also, and, and that's Michael fair, just because I, you know, I mean, like you're not a Muppets guy, so like, I yeah, get I'm it. not a Muppets guy. So yeah, sorry. All right, here's the one that I'm going to I'm going to spend a long time talking about this. So if you don't want to hear me talk about this, we're watching Silence of the Lambs next week. Now, <laughs> huh, I need to put heavy heavy context around this before I before I talk about this movie. Ben Shapiro has no <laughs> um, a streaming service called Daily Wire Plus. No. My way. friends and I thought it'd be funny to get like a week trial and watch their new movie, Lady Ballers. Oh my gosh. So here's hiccup number one. Daily Wire Plus does not have a free trial. You've got to commit. 
Mistake number two is Daily Wire Plus is not cheap. Daily Wire Plus is like 15 bucks a month. And they have, I'm not kidding you, no more than a dozen programs on their service. I'm glad you went in on this with friends. Yes. And so watching a movie like this, even ironically, is dangerous territory. So I want to make that clear before going into it. So if you are unaware, Lady Ballers is quote unquote, the most triggering comedy of the year about a group of guys who are washed up high school basketball players and decide, hey, we can win this women's basketball competition if we pretend to be trans women because they can't kick us out that way. Now, obviously, based on the names that I have mentioned and the premise of the movie, it is kind of a land it is a field of (laughs) landmines um also what and and that is like (laughs) wild and this movie is so obviously filled with hate and it's that kind of and it's that kind of hate that you expect from people like ben shapiro where the whole purpose of the movie is to deliver a message the message being Liberals are too sensitive and they care too much about everything. And this so, is literally the movie with the agenda. Yeah. When, t- when people watch a movie like, oh my gosh, it had an agenda. They were trying to tell you something. This is that movie. And so all the characters in this movie are way overwritten and the, and like over articulate is the best way to put it. Like the daughter in the movie like, you know, talks about misgendering a lot. And, you know, kids don't talk about misgendering. Like, you are putting, like, the movie is putting language to people that it is not appropriate to because they're trying to make a point. Yeah, um, they also don't know. They're not, ex- they're not yeah. listening to any of these people. So they're just saying words that they've heard before. And so at no point does this movie uh, rise above the agenda that it's trying to push. Um, I can't believe you watched this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, wild. dude. Now, this is an Alex thing to do. Oh, it totally wild is. That you do. And here's the more Alex thing to do is there are some bits in that movie that are salvageable. Like if this movie wasn't so intertwined with the idea of we're making fun of like trans athletes, if that, if that wasn't the theme, there were like some pretty strong, like, bench warmers esque bits in that movie. Like if this movie, like there's a version of that movie that gets repurposed into bench warmers too. And it becomes a five out of 10 and not a two out of 10. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So, uh-huh. I mean, it's like, she's the man. Yeah. So like this- there are versions of this movie that can exist. It's just that the route that they took with this is not only unengaging, but it's simply unentertaining. Where it's not even like cringe bad. It's just annoying. Where it's just the dumbest people you've met writing the stupidest dialogue to get an obvious agenda across. And I want to make one thing clear. I don't care if movies have agendas. I think that if a movie has an agenda, then um, it it gives that movie purpose. There's heart behind it. There's passion behind it. Um, a, 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 an agenda with a movie is incredibly powerful. It's just that when a, when an agenda is like, let's punch down, 
it's what you know and i don't like movies that it's not for me it's not even punching down because sometimes punching down is hilarious i don't like movies where the joke is at anyone's no that's not true the the there has to be more jokes than let's make fun of people yeah exactly like you can punch down that's fine but there has to be more to it than that you know like you have to and i i don't like jokes where you're making fun of the audience that just seems dumb to me and i feel like this movie wouldn't be successful because if it's to trigger people how many people are going to be triggered are paying for this service also let's it's be not clear. going to also let's be clear they call it the most triggering comedy of the year it's rated tv 14 yeah <laughs> so. they can't have any they're not gonna put any nudity in it yeah, He's like it, these are anti-rated R. They're not. They can't drop too many f bombs. Right? They're not going to put drop any f bombs because they're they're they have to have the moral high ground, Craig. And like um, genuinely, I would say th- the most offensive single moment from that movie is Ben Shapiro's sister wears I'm a pretty inappropriate Native American garb and looks pretty happy while doing it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think the thing is the people who are going to watch this movie don't think that's funny, and the people who would be triggered by this movie aren't going to see it. Yes, and so... It's just I, a you know, circle jerk, bro. So I've been talking about this movie for five minutes. It is simply because um, we committed to the bit, and I needed some payoff for it. So, yeah. hey, at... As someone who took the plunge on Daily Wire Plus for you guys, I can tell you it ain't worth it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you saw it though. Isn't there like a Cinderella or Snow White movie coming out over there too with Ben Shapiro's sister? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think I'm gonna log back into that website to find out? <laughs> I should have waited. You could just binged it. I know. Just right? bump those numbers up. <laughs> um, but that's our free ball. And like I said, we are ending Joe December, and we are ending 2023 with Silence of the Lambs. This is one of those movies that again classic jody jody foster classic jody (laughs) she's got classics under her belt you know we can we can't deny her that so um yeah that's next week until then my name is craig wells aka permanent handle and i'm alex good aka alex good have fun be safe and make good choices and while you're at it tell your mama said i see you next week deuces